Hey, I'm Liv, and I'm your Indie Sleaze admin, and I'm here with geographer Mike Denny, and we're at Just Like Heaven Fest. How are you? I'm good. You're correct about all those things. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I've been wanting to talk to you for a while now, because oh, I actually wanted to bring you on the podcast, but oh, just starting, so we're getting nice. that all figured out. Cool. I love your kind of backstory. Like, you're from New Jersey, yes. and you came to San Francisco, yep. and you found a synth on the street. It's is true. that correct? Yes, that is true. What synth was it? I've been dying oh, to know. I don't even know. It was some... I don't even know if it was a Casio tone, but it was one of those kinds of synths, like it was like a child's toy, I think it was like an off-brand Casio tone, and I was on a run through Golden Gate Park, and I'm, I was new to cities, you know, like, a, and, I, and so I'm running by, and I see this synthesizer leaned up against a, a telephone pole, and I'm like, that looks free. Right? Because it's like, I sort of had gleaned that like people just leave furniture out on the sidewalk and then you can take it. And uh, so I just walked back, sort of looked around, grabbed it, and then ran, ran home. That's amazing, And it was though. big. And then later, once I like was playing music, I had a, a really nice synthesizer, Juno 106, and I put it on the sidewalk while I was like walking around my van. And some guy walked by and he was like, oh, look, babe, a free synth. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> nope. So it's karma coming back. <laughs> and did that synth end up like on your first album? I never recorded anything final with it, but I wrote a lot of my first album on it. Um, like I wrote Can't You Wait for my first album on it, which I considered to be like my first good song, you know, like first real song. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, it was a lot of, I, I found a way to channel the passion into like, a, like something that made sense to others basically for the first time. Your Animal Shapes album, yeah. 2010, that came out. Yes. I love that album, and I love Original Sin. Yeah. And I've always wanted to know, like, what was the kind of process of writing that song? It's, like, one of my all-time favorites oh, of yours. Awesome. That actually involved a uh, toy synth as well. So I I, um, I went to a thrift store in the Mission, and I saw this tiny little uh, Yamaha Porta Sound synth, really small. And I, I immediately bought it. It was, like, $7.00. And I went home, and just the very first thing I played on it was the riff. <laughs> it was just like, it's those like magical moments that make you feel like you could keep going. Because you're like, maybe that'll happen again. So I played the riff, and I was just like, oh, that was good. So I recorded it, and then I was really into MGMT at the time. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to make like a kids type song. And so I just like started like recording the bass and everything. And it just like came together really quickly. And then I just wrote it about... Being young, going out in the city, like hooking up with people, being shy, you know, like that whole weird aspect of life of like, oh, am I gonna, am I gonna hook up with someone tonight? You know, like that feeling of just like, off I go into the world to find an experience. <laughs> and what's your favorite MGMT album? I oh, have to def ask that. definitely uh, Oracular Spectacular, by far. <laughs> I really liked the most recent one. Um, with like uh, me and Michael that song I love that song so, yeah, yeah it's like so nice. OMD influence mm -hmm. like you could tell they were listening to like that kind of music which I really love as well but yeah Oracular Spectacular is just like explosive yeah I don't think I've ever seen them live actually I haven't either that's and, what I want to see them one day too yeah your 2021 album Down yep. and Out in the Garden of Earthly Delights yep which I think I'm right when I say that it's inspired by the painting correct? well just just the title and the notion mm. it, and certainly inspired by the painting but like I was gonna just call it down and out but then I went to my mix engineers um, house and he had he had the triptych on his computer uh, by Hieronymus Bosch and I was like oh wait a minute is that 
the Garden of Earthly Delights, and I was just like, bam. And it was just like, that's the title. And I, and I love that because it's such a crazy title. You know, it's like kind of weird and wrong, and I haven't done too much of that in my career. Like, I feel like I've been pretty pretty safe with my with my statements and I just really liked the idea of no longer doing that and just being like I don't care what people think about this this is like how I feel I feel like the second series of the paintings where I'm just sort of like making a mess of life <laughs> you know just like well the painting you said it kind of influenced the title what yeah. kind of influenced the overall thematic elements of the album yeah so I it was basically the down and out part was like I've always been, no, not always, but my adult life been, you know, depressed and just like so forlorn over one thing or another, while at the same time really just enthralled by existence and and the natural world and relationships and, and just the fact that I'm alive and how bizarre everything is. And I think it kind of struck me moving to L.A., which is ostensibly a paradise, just being when you're depressed in a paradise you start to feel kind of silly so i was like the the whole title is kind of like down and out in the garden of earthly delights is like you were given paradise and you made it sort of like first you had a lot of fun and then you made it into hell you know and just seeing the painting really actually made all the themes of the album connect and then i was able to finish the last couple songs with that in mind, we're kind of like gluing everything together. Nice. Yeah, yeah there's that concept of June gloom, I think it is, in LA, yeah. where it's Perma like, June yeah, it's sunny, but it's like you kind of feel just shitty. You feel yeah, because you're like, there's a lot of inadequacy here. Like, you, you start thinking about the car that you drive, the house that you live in. It's really hard to, like, get away from that because everybody is, everybody's working, everybody is really creative, and a lot of people are really successful and different levels of success and it takes kind of like a hard work to to appreciate your own version of success in amongst like the wild success of Los Angeles and this festival just like Heaven Fest yeah what's like it's kind of like bringing all these bands together and there's this specific vibe that every yes. band kind of has in common how would you sort yeah. of describe this lineup this year yeah I think it's really cool that they plucked like a period of music out that wasn't really given a genre, you know? Because, like, Peaches is here, yeah. and I'm here. You know, it's like, what do we have in common? But I think we have, like, this indie aesthetic in common in Islands and, and Wolf Parade, where it's like you use sort of... It's not found sounds, but it's like you use the instruments available to you. It's not, like, really polished instruments, like all those children's synthesizers that I use. And then you bring that ethos to pop songs, kind of. Like a DIY ethos. Exactly. Okay, yes, that's what I was looking for. DIY. Yeah, you're like, we all did it ourselves. Nobody gave us anything. But we were like, we want to be... We want to be rock stars too, you know? Yeah. And we're all dorks. I think that's also the thing too. And we just like love music. But it also, we created this, there's a lot of like four to the floor, um, like uh, Casio, small sense, that kind of energy to a lot of the music, at least the foundations of a lot of the bands. I mean, I know Interpol doesn't do that, but yeah, the simplicity. There's like a serious simplicity in, to all the artists. There's not a lot of like, I mean, barring maybe Chromio, but there's not a lot of like shredding going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
yeah, a lot of people were telling me I need to go to this festival, and I wanted to because I saw yeah. the lineup, and I'm like, hell yeah. yeah. But it's very indie sleaze in a lot of ways. Yeah, so seriously. So be, so great to be here today. It's crazy. It's and, like all the bands that I <laughs> loved. Yeah, same here. Yeah. And I love your style. I mentioned that when I first oh, met thank you. you. <laughs> For listeners who maybe can't see this outfit, I'll probably link some photos. <laughs> You have this like amazing mustard yellow like <laughs> This is blouse. my girlfriend's blouse. What? I love it. These are actually my girlfriend's shorts. And <laughs> she bought me this tank top. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Kudos to your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. And you've got these nice painted nails. I love the yep. black and white alternating. I actually have the same thing. Oh, shit. Nice. I do that as well. Did you switch up the pattern on the other hand? Yes, I did. See? Wow. Great mind. Yeah, I was like, I can't do the same pattern. I mean, Mike. We're iconoclastic. We <laughs> I love it. No, I love your style. Thank you so if much. If there's anyone that you could kind of pinpoint, like, who influenced your style, is there, like, anybody or a brand or a design? I mean, this may sound silly, but my girlfriend is a stylist, so ever since I met her, she's just been dressing me. <laughs> so, And I feel like the things that she's into, she works for a brand called Propaganda, that's like very into ska, like and not I Mighty Boston ska. I love that. Special ska. And like, yeah, so just, and I've never listened to that music or anything. So just, I feel like I'm steeped in, in style in a way that I never have been, where I just get really excited about, you know, fits, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, never thought I'd be like that. But it's just, so, to me, it's just so exciting, like to wear something weird. You know, like something that is risky and bizarre, kind of like the title, I suppose. It's just like it's liberating, and you're like, and when it, when you pull it off, and when you realize that the point is not to look good or cool, but it's to look like you're having fun with your outfit. That's when I was just like, oh, okay, this is this is good. And you know, there's a lot of people who message me, and they are struggling musicians, they're up and coming musicians. Yeah. Do you have any kind of I know this is like a very common question that people ask yeah. musicians, but what is your personal like advice for anyone who's looking to start yeah. even a band? Because I would love more band culture praise, know, right? more band culture yeah. celebration. I would say the, the most important thing is find good people. If they're, Can I curse? If there's an asshole in your band, they got to go instantly. Because the worst thing that'll happen is that you'll have a band and then you'll get success and then the asshole will ruin it all. That didn't happen to me. This happens to, like, a lot of people that I've seen. Um, so, like, just you deserve good people in your band, you know, and don't be an asshole yourself. But the most important thing is just the song craft. The songs are the most important thing. You can get far with a good look, but if you don't have good songs, that's as far as you're going to get. So just, like, keep working at the songs, and eventually your success will come if you get good at it, you know? You heard it here, listeners. <laughs> so that's some advice for you. Thank you so much yeah, again to my Kenny a Geographer for joining me in this interview. Thank you. See you later. Yeah.